0: Hello everyone, I'm Vikal. I'm a developer at heart, a technologist. Uh, at this moment, I'm acting as a founder CEO of Eka Care. It's a personal health record app for patients and an electronic medical record app for doctors.
1: Downloading the Aarogya Setu app during the COVID lockdown. The Indian government was one of the early adopters of contact tracing app, and this app was proof of India's tech talent. In this episode of the Founder Thesis podcast, your host Akshay Dhat talks to Vikalp Sani, the man responsible for building the Aarogya Setu app in record time. Vikalp has had a fascinating journey with a front-row view of the evolution of the Indian startup ecosystem. He was the CTO and co-founder of the travel startup Go Ibibo which was eventually acquired by Make My Trip. The experience of building this Arokiya Setu app changed his trajectory and soon after that, he launched EkaCare, a health data management platform. If you wanted to track the financial health of a business, you would be easily able to see line graphs showing historical performance of different metrics. Now imagine being able to do this for your personal health metrics. And that is the audacious mission of EkaCare and Vikalp. Stay tuned and subscribe to the Founder Thesis podcast on any audio streaming app to hear from startup founders chasing large, audacious goals.
0: So my father is a banker, was a banker. He is retired now and have studied in seven different states. used to transfer from one state to the other state. So I have seen like lots of cultures, have friends across different geographies. And basically, I'm a KV product, Kendriya Vidyale. And after schooling, I did my engineering from NIT Silchar, and, uh, and since then, I had this... Engineering in the computer science? I have done engineering in civil engineering. But s- since my 10th, 11th standard, I was quite fascinated with this whole tech and computers and all of that. I was not the most studious one obviously uh, but i was quite interested in programming and i remember my father got this 386 which was a machine that his bank was using they wanted to upgrade their machines and he bought me that 386 for i think two three thousand bucks at that point in time when i was in 10 standard and i learned a lot on how to program how to basically work with computers and that's how the journey started for me. Since then, uh, I have loved the format of this creative writing to build products that can be used by multiple people. Right from small games that we used to do in school and colleges, to actually building projects in college where I used to get gifts such as phone. My first phone that I bought was basically a small project that I did for a. It's for a freelance project. One of my friend's cousin wanted a a website. So that's how my journey started with programming. And uh, I mean, I wanted to build something on internet. I got plays in IBM in college. But then from IBM, I was, I was not an enterprise sort of a person. So started looking out where I can contribute. As in you, you couldn't relate to the kind of work that you were doing there, the kind of products you were working on? No, I, see, I love, I was programming. I used to work on C Sharp, Good Team, all of that was all fine. But uh, I was fascinated with internet. And uh, that is how my journey also started looking at uh, the internet products and uh, incidentally my senior they were doing they were from yahoo i i knew them they were doing their own startup called big C. Com. and uh, that got acquired by maspers mih india and that's how i started my journey with ivivo group and uh, that's how the whole startup uh, ecosystem and entering into it and all of that started for me
2: so uh, you uh, were an employee at Big when it got acquired or
0: you were one of the no 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 one of the guy who used to uh, like work with these founders at that point in time they knew me well especially Ruben. he was one of the founder he was earlier part of Hot Jobs Yahoo and uh, so yeah I knew them uh, but then when they got acquired by MIH and NASPERS they wanted to build a larger team and obviously i wanted to also participate in building internet products that's how the whole journey started uh, what is mih mih was the name of nasper's investment vehicle at that point in time okay 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 and how do you spell bixie the B-I-X-E-E. it was a vertical search engine you could have uh, ha- you would have seen search engines like monster or indeed where you search for jobs or yahoo hot jobs and so and so forth so this was a vertical search engine the primary objective earlier was to do search for jobs across the various websites but the full technology was built in such a way that you can leverage that technology to create various vertical search engines like if you look at google today you can do an image search you can do a video search and so and so forth so so we wanted we our belief was that there will be multiple such search engines that will solve for specific vertical needs be it matrimony i mean you would be surprised to know at that point in time in 2008 when we used to build big c there were close to 400 matrimony websites and i have crawled them all and indexed them and created a and we've got actually patent for the technology that we've built post the acquisition. And uh, we believe that uh, that would be one of the big stories and we work there. So uh, but what happened to it then? Like, you know, the thing is, it uh, was very early days for Indian internet, right? 30 million Indian internet users. Uh, there are multiple products that we started. One was search, other was social. And the idea was that we will be India's Baidu and Renren and WeChat Right. That's the story that China has seen. But India was very different from a market standpoint. And China was more world set up while India is India has shown very different path, which is far more formidable path, which is of platforms. You see it UPI and all of that. But that was very early. Right. At that point in time, Indian Internet population was also quite early. So we haven't seen that kind of attraction to our product that we wanted to and monetization also after three years down the line. Was seems like uh, we have to see how we can monetize better. And that's where the whole pivot started for us. And the pivot started from being search and social company to more of a transactions company. And uh, that is where uh, we transformed travel.bixie product to goibibo.com. And we built a small payment gateway for goibibo.com that we built it as an ibibo pay. So... So that's how the transformation happened for us. And that's why you don't see any BigC.com or Ivivo.com anymore, while these were quite a fantastic products at that point in time.
2: Wow, interesting. Uh, essentially, like this, uh, out of all the vertical search sites or microsites that you were running, you saw travel as the one which was most promising to convert it to transactions and
0: decided to bet on it, basically. Yeah, see, many things were happening at that point in time. This was 2009 now. 2009 Flipkart was basically becoming prominent, right? There was, which means that transaction story was coming together. Yatra, Clear Trip were already like a decent player. And India has seen first set of their online transactions on travel. Hmm. make my trip might have got listed by then exactly that was a that was i wanted to share make my trip got listed and uh, and it was a it was a brilliant listing right so i think uh, indian company going there listing nasdaq is like a is a dream come true for everyone and uh, and we basically said that okay this is a right thing to do And uh, travel.bixi anyways had traffic, which was more of a meta search engine at that point in time. We used to like Ixigo, which was an Ixigo. Ixigo now does even flight bookings. Yeah. So this was a meta search engine. And we said that it's a lowest hanging monetization opportunity. And uh, we started um, getting into travel. Okay. And how do you build a
2: transaction layer then? Do you have to go and integrate with each airline or?
0: So see, we were a little smarter there, so to say. And like any other internet startup, we first said that we will use a B2B partner and we will integrate with a B2B partner. At that point in time, it was via where we leveraged that partnership. And we said that if this entire fulfillment works for us or not. And uh, Ashish and Sanjay, Ashish Kashar was the CEO, Sanjay he was looking after the whole flights, business, Ashish was the CEO for Ivibo Group. We all came together and we built it. Once we started seeing the early traction, right, and for this we wanted a payment gateway also, so we built iVebo Pay which was to facilitate the transaction. Now, we, once we started seeing traction, we ended up scaling it up. And that's when my current co-founder, Deepak, has also joined us from Yatra. He was looking after business side of Yatra. He joined... Okay, the alliances and all. Yeah, he joined Goibibo along with... So me, Sanjay, Deepak, Ashish, all of us started then scaling up the Goibibo's flight business. We, we started with flights. And that basically from that B2B partnership, then we ended up doing the airline partnerships as well once Deepak joined. But that was like a long journey because you have to start integrating with GDSs, start integrations with individual airlines. But we started off Nimble. Hmm. And uh,
2: GDSs is this like SaaS tool which
0: airlines use to run their ticketing. See, these are global distribution systems. So they are distribution engine. Obviously, they have a SaaS tool as well that airlines can use but this is like uh, pretty early days like that at that point in time when these companies have been built SaaS was not even a word So, Amadeus, sabre travel fusion all of these are large scale transaction engines that are built to distribute travel content across
2: so these are like b2b e-commerce sites
0: basically like this is where a travel agent can buy tickets from an airline you're right So earlier, the travel agent used to use a terminal without a UI to actually punch in. But eventually, OTAs such as Goibibo, MakeMyTrip, all of them started integrating with the APIs. Okay, got it. Okay.
2: And and so like, what about building the supply for the other stuff? The airline stuff is like, uh, I mean, while it's not easy, but it's not that hard also, because it's like other companies have done it and so on. But what about like on go by IB where you have hotels and even
0: like homestays and all of that? Yeah, no, that is what was our claim to fame. See, flights was so to say, uh, pretty sorted. Right. But when we ended up building, we saw many other opportunities as well. And two big opportunities were bus and hotels. So after a lot of contemplation, bus, we went the inorganic route where IBBO Group acquired Red Bus and Red Bus became part of IBBO Group. But on the hotels, this was, I think, 2011-12, we actually figured that India was not doing hotel bookings online. Uh, when we started, the t- internet online booking would be worth five, ten thousand a day. When I was leaving, we were doing close to 200000 So, So that's the opportunity that we saw. And I think kudos to the team and the leaders. We ended up investing in the right areas there. And two key areas were, one, to build a software for hotels so that they can distribute their content. And we built an amazing tool. We used to call it InGoIbebo. It's still, it's called In-Go MMT now after the merger. And then we also invested into Supply, which is like a human sales team, so that they can onboard these hotels onto selling inventory online. And I think that is where the whole claim to fame of GoIbebo uh, started. Hotels is where we have created a big mark in the whole travel ecosystem. And I think that's, that's how the whole merger and the story with MakeMarchup also started brewing. Wow, okay. So in, in Goibivo was like a hotel ERP where a hotel can manage its bookings. Distribution system. See, hotel ERP, when you say, ERP does many things. They will do housekeeping as well. They will do payrolls also, all of that. But we were more distribution focused. So there are so many people who are, want to book hotels online how this booking will happen. So hotels has to come up, they have to put in their inventory, they have to put in their content, and then the booking will happen on goibibo.com, which is the P2C site. Okay, okay,
2: okay, got it. So uh, this was not like a pure play distribution where a hotel can go to
0: multiple places to sell the inventory, but it's just a way for connecting their inventory to goibibo. Indeed. So it was to connect their inventory to goibibo. Then goibibo has released APIs. People can use those APIs from goibibo. See, if to book hotels, you have to first have the inventory online, there was nothing online at that point in time. And that is how the whole journey for us started. And we at one point in time, this was 2016, there was fierce competition and Make My Trip, amazing company, great founders, they also know that hotels is like a big play with lots of gross margin and perishable inventory and so on and so forth. So hotel margin is better than flights? Hundred percent. I mean, that's written on the wall. Flights is a is a low margin, but high consumer interest or a traffic acquisition channel. Like for example, trains. Like you can get consumer interest, create a good experience and so on and so forth. But the money that you would make there will be far lower than the money that you would make on hotels because there The margins are far higher Mm -hmm. because the market is unorganized
2: and there is more like, I mean, it's not like a clear pricing, like say with a train, it's
0: like very standard pricing. So not much scope for margin. It's a fragmentation game, Akshay. Look at it, right? I mean, how many airlines we have in the country and how many hotels we have in the country, right? One is that. Second is it's very easy to distribute uh, uh, inventory, but that is not fragmented, but it's very difficult to distribute. And then uh, you have, you can play far more. I mean, can I rate an airline on reviews and ratings and so and so forth on seed capacity and all of that? No, but from a hotel perspective, you can do a far more, far better product so that consumer would use you, be it using reviews, ratings or content and so and so forth. So in totality, if you see that uh, all of this is the right markers for a business model, that is, that will give you far more gross margins.
2: So as a general lesson, like if you go after a fragmented market and so that will always give you better margins, like if you can curate and distribute
0: in a fragmented market, that would... See, I I believe fundamentally, and that's what my learning was, market fragmented, very good. But more importantly, what is the value that you are creating? If the amount of value that you are creating as a stack is high, like... When I am selling a flights, it's basically an inventory that is being sold, which is very commoditized, right? But when I am selling a hotel, there is a lot more discovery that needs to be done. Location is far more important, right? How do I reach that place is important. Content is important. What people are saying is important. So, what kind of value you are able to add? So, these two things: a fragmented market and is the problem is such that you can add a lot of value by putting in your beta technology or an offline business, whatever is your model. If these two things sit together, you can command higher business value for your solution. Okay, interesting. Got it. So coming back to
2: the story of the merger. So you were saying that there was fierce competition. Yeah,
0: it was, it was fierce competition. And eventually, Deep, Rajesh, Ashish, and, and Aspers, all of them have thought that it is a right way to not undercut each other, but actually build the ecosystem together. And uh, that's how the whole merger story happened because the India market is huge and still it is underpenetrated when it comes to hotel booking online. There is a lot that we can still do. It's like Deep keeps saying this quite a lot that the best is yet to come. And I fundamentally believe that in, in Deep, the founder of MakeMyTrip, that best is yet to come for travel in our country, especially on hotels. I was, it was the right thing rather than bleeding through the nose and creating a competition, which is not on product values, but more on discounting and price value. It's better to actually merge and build the ecosystem together. So I think a very smart decision by all the leaders to get to that level. Is there still juice in the hotel market? Because you have these different
2: ways of fixing fragmentation like Hoyo Rooms and Airbnb. So, you know, what's your
0: take on this hotel market? Like India Hotel, this still I would online sale, this still I feel is underpenetrated. It's there is a lot that one can achieve. And if I look at it, travel as an industry and hotel specifically, we have just touched the tip of an iceberg of a consumer side. There is a large corporate side business that also happens in the country, which still, I believe, is not organized, right? And Mick is trying to do a lot of stuff there. Many other companies are also doing. And uh, there is a lot of uh, last minute bookings that happens on hotels that again, and uh, hotels is uh, such a commodity that it has a perishable inventory, right? If if the room is not booked, not booked for tonight, you're done, right? So uh, there is a lot of innovation that can happen. In, in hotels, be it a day room like recently I saw on Go I was able to book a lemon tree in Mumbai for a day, starting 9 a.m. in the morning to 6 p.m. in the evening for one fourth of the price of where I can just go for work. So, I mean, it's a crazy market and the amount of innovation that can happen, pure play on hotels is just immense. Okay. So,
2: coming back to your own journey, so what happened once the mergers?
0: See, I'm a as I I keep telling, I'm a lucky guy or a fortunate guy to get right people uh, during my tenure. I got empowered when I was building Goibibo. I got super empowered again when I was when the merger happened and when two teams are coming together, which is Goibibo MakeMyTrip even RedBus. So I stayed there for three years and uh, merged a lot of technology stack. Started as I said in Goibibo, eventually became Ingo MMT where uh, a lot of optimizations have happened also learned from each other there's a lot of good stuff that has happened on make my trip on flight so we as in go took that so empowered even to build new products and so on and so forth so my journey was beautiful hmm. but the group continues to run both brands separately yes group continues to run both brands separately there is there is a i mean group sees that there is a value in both the brands because there are loyal customers to go Vivo. there's a way people see go so is with make My Trip. and these are pretty large brands more than 50 million app downloads like high monthly active users why would anyone wants to kill anything Kill kill off any one of them. Got it. That's when September 2019, I had this candid conversation that I think it's my time to start something up new. And the whole journey to building something else started from there but i had a great time okay
2: so you stuck around once covid hit like 2019 like did you leave before
0: covid or see i started discussing with deep and rajesh about my exit and then strategizing but i told them that i am not going anywhere i'm not joining something and i was i just wanted to stick around till the time they want me so that everything is in a in a safe space and it was like 6 8 months that i continued did my best whatever I can do. So yeah, before COVID itself, I started researching on my ideas and discussing it with people. And COVID was the time when I was so my announcement of exit was in January 2020. And so that's how it it all happened. Okay, okay. So like, tell me that journey of discovering the next idea. While I was leaving in March 2020, I got this unique opportunity to build for the country. And me and my team delivered aru Setu for Government of India. So this was... Oh, wow. Okay. As it this was under MMT or this was like you and a team of volunteers? It was volunteers, but obviously volunteers were all part of GoIbibu and Make My Ma, Trip team. So, I mean, and, and it started off also with a very small POC that happened in my cabin where one of my senior VP, Rahul, he came up with this thought that, okay, let's... The contact tracing. I remember he came up with this advertisement uh, newspaper in Kerala, which says that, okay, these are the specific areas. If you have been to any of these areas at this point in time, please come and visit the public healthcare center. We will test you for COVID because a COVID patient was all there. Right Now, look at it, doing it at a scale of million people. You cannot, right? And it's, it's not possible to contact trace. And that's when we started dabbling around on this idea of building something. There are a couple of developers who just got collected. They wanted to build something to solve a, a problem. And I think our thesis was very simple. Whatever we knew on technology can be put together like a hack around it. So that we can trace the contacts and we can help. And and, and that was a talk of the town, right? COVID was all there. Kerala started seeing our, that was in, in, in the month of March. So Rahul, a couple of my developers at Goibibo, Android, backend, we all came together. We delivered a small product and Deep Kalra, our CEO, founder, Mikmatripp, he liked it. And he shared it with NITI ayog They also loved it. And then after a lot of rigorous tests and trials, and I think I, I will give it to the government on the amount of help and the overall focus that they had put in making sure that we are building a robust product, not only from scale perspective, but on the privacy and security as well. After many, many interviews with NICT, METI, where they not only grilled us for, on technology, but also on integrity. Finally, they said that, okay, let's build for the country. And I think the need was such that they also wanted like a team coming together and solve for it as a pure volunteer, not associated with companies as such. For me, the fortunate thing was I was anyways uh, out. So, But Make My Trip, Goi Vibo, they sponsored these engineers and kudos to Deep and Rajesh and everyone there to sponsor these, and then we built it for the next three, four months, along with NIC, Government of India, Métis, and everyone. Hmm. Wow, amazing. So that actually changed my perspective from corporate travel or a travel product to a health. And that's how, just to answer your question, I mean, and long answer, to the question of how I ended up being here where I am.
2: When you build a product for the government, like who wants the IP for it and where is it hosted? Is it hosted on like a
0: government server and like how do all those... Everything is all government. Everything is government. We are just volunteer developers who are developing for the country. This is getting all kinds of... And along with NIC, developers from NIC, which is National Informatics Center, they now run Future of ROG Setu. and... It is basically that you need. It was more like an open source contribution, and the, actually the product is open sourced. So, but the running of it, the scaling of it, everything happens on the infrastructure, which is owned by government. It is. It is has nothing to do with the private party. Yeah, okay. Did you face any
2: sort of backlash? I remember there was some sort of privacy backlash about it. Like, not very mainstream, but there was. Like, did you personally face any of it and
0: all of that? Like, No, see, personally, why would anyone attack individual? If you look at it, anything that government does, you will have naysayers and you will have people who will say good about it, right? What I realized is, and that's the learning that I had, many of the naysayers work on partial knowledge, right? They don't understand the entire architecture or the complexity or the things that are basically being done and delivered. So you would see a lot of these backlashes and so on and so forth. What I fundamentally loved about the whole project is there was no ulterior motive anywhere. The only motive was to deliver a service that can help a person who in a remote location in let's say Dottabalpur is 60 plus and suffering from COVID and actually need help. And be it a very simple mental help where someone can go ahead and talk to them. And apart from that, letting people know that you should quarantine or you should not quarantine and so on and so forth. So it was very earnest attempt. And that is why we as a team also work like mercenaries at that point in time to make sure that We solve for it. How did contact tracing work in it? That was the core objective, right? Contact tracing. Yeah, yeah. See, contact tracing is all about the way... So let's say if I'm sitting with you across the table, right? There are two key markers that can be leveraged from your device. One is location and one is which is GPS. Second is Bluetooth. Now, the core fundamental of Aarugya Setu was this information is private. And if this information is private, they should remain with users. Hence, the contact tracing capability that Arogya Setu has built was all completely local. Works fun- One thing is works without internet. And second is it never sends any data to backend. So, so it basically tracks the Bluetooth proximity of other devices that are hosting Arogya Setu app. And all of these devices are anonymous device. No one knows who is it. These devices were nothing but a code. So your code will be ABCD. Mine could be PQRS. And there is a contact book that gets created locally on device that ABCD and PQRS have came in contact and vice versa for this period of time. And it's a local information stored locally, not being sent to any of the backend services. So that's how the whole contact tracing works.
2: No, but how would I know that I've been exposed for like, let's say there is a I mean, there is ABC, which I met with. And after three, four days, he's positive. And
0: on his app, he updates that he's positive. How would that information? Yeah. When he updates his and that's how it happens. When he updates that he's positive. Now, we know that he is positive. Which means that that PQRS is positive. So we send a broadcast wherever in the local contact book. Again, this happens locally on the device. Wherever you see PQRS as a contact... That has happened. You basically market basis the model to red or yellow or orange, and so on and so forth.
2: And uh, how does that algorithm work? Of which color to assign? Like how how duration of exposure or number of see it's a it
0: yeah it's a it's a very scientific thing which is basically being done by ICMR that your exposure see the thing is if I am going by let's say a car right and last stop yeah. at a signal. And then there was another person on that signal. Now Bluetooth can actually put that person in a... a, But then the duration was very low. If the duration is low, the person is at a very low risk. So, and these specifics are being delivered to us by like a very senior scientist. And uh, we actually develop algorithms to make them execute at the at the scale okay so does this rely on self-reporting i have to report i'm positive
2: yes it does rely on self-reporting yes okay that's like a loophole there No, like if people are not updating on their app that they are positive
0: yeah yeah it, it 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 does rely on self-reporting and people generally would update on what exactly and there's a lot of emphasis around people so we used to send push notifications to them we used to send a lot of these things and all of that to encourage people to report. Yeah, to encourage people to report, and also, for example, in case of, in many cases, when it's a government mandated things, right? If we get an information that a particular phone number is positive, then we leverage that information also because many cases you won't self report, but you would go to a PHC, and the PHC will report on your behalf, and so on and so forth, because you're talking people who got COVID, you don't want them to end up, you might want to give them care. So there are multiple such models where the whole contact tracing effort was. And and how does GPS help in this? GPS was of very less use, to be honest. It was because GPS signals is more, so Bluetooth was, is the right thing to do. Okay,
2: got it. So how did this lead to Care? Tell me about the
0: Yeah, so see, that's what so I got transformed from travel to health suddenly. After this, I thought that there are very simple things. And if you look at it, my family, my father is diabetic, right? And I realized that uh, he basically takes this needle every week once. And he puts that value into a piece of paper in a diary, right? And then I started looking at other use cases as well. If you look at like, if you want to find a date today, in five kilometer radius it's super easy right you'll swipe left swipe right there are many apps and you might you might get a get a date like uh, a person like you's charming as well it's super easy but the uh, god forbid if you want to have a uh, a person if you want a B positive blood or a no positive blood like what would you do you would basically send a mail to your hr or put a whatsapp status or a twitter it's so strange right that such an important thing is not digital. And many stories you have, my sister got uh, thalassemia minor as a, uh, as a diagnosis. Once she got pregnant and in India, we basically are giving more weightage to that. Before getting married, you look at people's janam patri and all those kind of things. But incidentally, if both parents are thalassemia minor, there could be a complication to the kid. So, and nobody know, knew about this, even even individually also, if you are a thal miner, if you continuously pop in iron tablet, you might end up uh, getting, I mean, stones in your gallbladder because your body is not uh, like comfortable in digesting iron the way the other bodies are. And she never got to know about it because no one looked at three reports together, right? every time after 6 months you used to visit a doctor doctor says okay hemoglobin iron low uh, let's have let's have these tablets and then you're done so all of these started coming to my mind when i was doing this whole uh, journey around health and ROK setu i said that fundamentally without a longitudinal record you cannot uh, you're shooting in dark right you are not now then you are basically just leaving it to the fate that let's give this medicine, if something works, great, if nothing works, then we'll change the medicine and so on and so forth, right? Uh, there was a nice presentation that an endocrinologist gave in one of these conferences that we follow. Any like non-data-driven approach is basically shooting in the dark to get the right outcome. And if you look at it, there's nothing today in the world, I'm not sure how you store your medical records, right? I'm not sure if you have ever even seen your yeah if i ask you a very simple question how your tsh or a thyroid hormone moves over a period of last three four years you would have definitely have reports but you cannot give that answer and we expect poor doctors to actually go ahead and read through those documents to give you the right outcome while you and i look at the revenue numbers in a nice graph right so it's a it's a pretty strange setup and i said that this needs to be solved so that's how the birth of Eka care happened and we fundamentally believe that this is how the world will evolve over over. Uh, I like that term you used of a longitudinal record so longitudinal record means like time uh, with uh, an axis like yeah longitudinal record is like I have done my at least CBC in last five years at least six times right for various reasons somebody some doctor have prescribed sometime I did a regular self-help checkup right now, these are point-in-time transactions. At that time, what was your body, right? But if your body says that your cholesterol is high in the last five years, every time, your diagnosis will change. Your way of approaching a particular problem will change because your body is such that it has an inherent tendency of creating that particular marker. And your outcome and your medication and everything will basically depend upon that. So that's how the longitudinal... So you want to go away from these looking at a human body at that point in time to looking at a human body, how it has behaved over the period of time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Fascinating. So essentially what you wanted to
2: build was like a single source of truth, which has all the data about your health markers.
0: Absolutely. About you. So that you are, I mean, it's so imperative today. If you look at my father, my mother, I have ACA care, I have all of their records in ACA care, and I feel in peace because I can go to a doctor and I can say that, okay, here is the last eight years' records. And you can now see that all of these vitals have been moved like this over the eight years. So we have built technology that can not only store these medical records, but parse and process that information to create these insights for doctors and patients. So so that's that's where I will be also at peace that okay, doctors have seen all the information and now the outcome is far more data driven rather than more like experimental.
2: Uh, tell me about the the first version of the product you built, you that zero to one journey. Once you
0: had the idea, then how did you execute? Yeah, see, we are already I mean, just to we are a one and a half year old startup. The product was out in the market in the month of May, June 2020. One So so we basically are in that zero to one journey. And uh, I think one of the product that we started off with is EMR. See, this information that you are creating as a user, how would a doctor get that information, right? So We fundamentally said that there are two things that we have to solve. One for doctors, where they can look at this information, they can generate prescriptions, they can manage their appointments, right? And also for us doctors, not for hospitals. We are very specific to doctors for their clinic, for their staff and themselves. So there are these doctors that have started coming in. They started using us. And uh, this product has started seeing a lot of success on prescription and appointments. So it's like a free-to-use product for them. If you look at it, we don't see this as a SaaS, SaaS tool, but there is a small fee that we take. A fee? Like what kind of fee? See, there is there are many doctors. They pay us a thousand bucks. And that's how we basically... Like a per month or per year. It's a yearly subscription. Okay. Yeah, very
2: negligible. Okay. Which is, in a way, it ensures seriousness. Like if you give it free, then people may not use it also because you don't value what you get for free.
0: You are right. And see how the model from revenue and all of that pans out, we are too early on that journey. And this is something that we are right now discussing and figuring out. What fundamentally we want is to digitize this so that we can have a far better... Uh, outcomes over a period of time and uh, so th- this is like the in
2: go ibbo approach right so you you want both parties to use it so the doctor product is a way for doctors to kind of start using it and there would be a patient
0: product so that it really adds value yeah but very different from uh, hotels see <laughs> yeah obviously yeah hotels is very different see we work for if you look at it from our team's perspective we work for doctors far more because eventually that is where the outcome will be driven Right. And we make sure that whatever we do, we have an outright trust with doc. For example, we don't do things like I would have done at Go If there is a hotel that comes in, then I mean, you as a as a as a buyer of a hotel, you want to stay in multiple hotels. Right. Sometimes you'll experience this. But as a patient, you want to go to a same doctor all the time. Right, and that's the right thing. I mean i I would like to go only only to two, three doctors. I don't want to experiment with multiple doctors and so on and so forth. so we remain true to that fact that we build a solution where we create a health journey for patient, but we don't end up becoming a discovery tool for patient for doctors, right? We basically connect them with one doctor and they have a long term journey with that doctor, and the same doctor will now be able to give a better outcome because of longitudinal journey and being able to communicate to you because there is an EMR side of story, there is a patient side of story, which was very different when we look. we don't do reviews and ratings. We don't believe in things such as, I mean, if you don't give a doctor all kinds of information, right, you won't get, get the right kind of an outcome. And then you rating that doctor is not the right thing. Like in case of hotel is very easy, right? Same room, same clean linen, all of that. Doctor is very different. So so from a outside, it looks the same. But the way we operate is very different from what we have learned.
2: Got it. So essentially, you are a product for doctors. It just so happens that patients are also on the product. But your
0: core focus area is doctors, like empowering them. See, our core focus area is to provide for better outcome, right? Now the better outcome cannot happen without both the parties in the ecosystem so that's why for us patient and doctors both are important and and it's a it's a it's a play where we have to do a lot of hard work because we practically are building two products but so be it there are there are ways in which industries are solved and health is very different
1: mm.
2: so your patient acquisition is not happening directly but it's happening via doctor essentially the doctor creates a patient account every time a patient comes to him or a patient can the doctor would share some link to book an appointment and the patient would
0: when he's booking the appointment then he would
2: create his record there something like that
0: both ways so today we have 5 million plus app downloads right without doing marketing The, the patient app patient app these are not the number of prescriptions that has created on 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 eka and and why that happens is because people do care for their health we believe that people care for their health people download eka care app They start their process of uploading their medical record, not only by scanning and storing it, but also by syncing their Gmail account. So every day and because of our uh, technology and all, Google has given us, we are the only healthcare company where Google has given us the access to scour through the mailbox because we use right kind of a tech privacy security enabled. And after a lot of security assessments, we got that approval where people are coming and they're storing their medical record. And I think if you haven't stored your medical records yet with Care, you are losing on better outcome whenever you need it. So we have seen a lot of organic traction there. So it's not only the doctor acquisition. There's a lot of organic acquisition that happens.
2: Okay. So one kind of patient is somebody who like me has somebody like me who has mostly paper records. And. Was to digitize them have it available on an app so he would download scan and through gmail integration then it will uh, automatically import if like i get a mail from lal path labs it will recognize this is a report and it will import it and so i will get like a longitudinal record of my medical markers on the app and probably there would be some sort of recommendations and so on based on how you see that moving
0: and like some sort of algorithmic recommendations yeah see so you said it right on the first part there are very ways and see on from on patient side we see it uh, two ways one is your health record that's get generated from healthcare provider so which means that your medical record you can scan and upload we have a functionality where you can whatsapp your medical report to our whatsapp number and it will go into your account we have a feature such as if you don't want to share your Gmail account with us, you can forward to your phone number at the rate aka.care. We have created an email address for every of each one of our customers. So the records will come to you. The app also has profiles so that you can segregate them into your family's individual record so that you don't have... These records are not muddled with each other. But apart from that, see, your health is not only about the document that you got from your providers, right? And I shared with you many ways to integrate that. Your health is also how you are feeling today. For example, if I'm a female, I should definitely record my menstrual cycle's history because that's one question that will be asked every time you go to a a gynecologist, right? If you are a diabetic patient, you have to record your diabetes values inside the app. That is not coming in from any document. Uh, if you, many people in India uses Apple Watch or any other things for their heart rate monitoring. We have baked it into the app itself. You can put a finger on the camera and we give you a heart rate which is as accurate as your Apple Watch. And this is a data that you want to generate for yourself. Today, I am having a migraine attack. Tomorrow, I had an asthma or so all of these things also patient generate. Do you also integrate with smartwatches? That's also in the plans that we will integrate with all kinds of devices. So all of this information becomes your health marker. For example, we integrate with Abha, which is the health ID and Ayushman Bharat health account. There's government's initiative, very similar to UPI, where this entire ecosystem will get digitized. So, so that's how we uh, get all of this information, and then we store it. Consumers can go ahead and, by consent, share this information to their doctors, and, and so on and so forth. Okay, got it.
2: Okay, it's so, like how does a doctor use it to
0: manage his practice? Like, see, there is an EMR tool. Where, EMR, what is EMR? Electronic medical record system. So this is, and we call it internally doctors' tool. So let's say you visit a doctor today. Doctors basically can have two ways of. Uh, providing you with care. One is they first take down your phone number and registration detail on a piece of paper, be the register or something. Or there are people who can use a digital tool. So we come there as a digital tool, where as soon as you walk into the clinic or you phone, your information gets added so that you can now schedule further appointments, you can do changes, you can do follow-up, you'll get notifications that uh, this is the time when you should come in and all of that, right? So that's one problem that we solve. And I'll, I'll take you through that so so first is this appointments journey where when a user is coming in be it a walk-in or on a phone or, or does it on online we have an online presence digital presence for doctors where you can take an appointment once you do that and once you visit a doctor doctor can do two things one is they can write a prescription by on a piece of paper or they can write this prescription on a digital tool which is eka And when a doctor is creating this prescription on Eka care, be it the medication, your symptoms, your history, all of that information becomes part of your medical history, your prescription, your longitudinal journey. And when a doctor basically hits the send button, the information gets delivered to the patient, be it on WhatsApp or wherever. Now it's patient's prerogative, whether he wants to use Eka as their channel of keeping medical records or not and there are many who do who choose not to many who has not been exposed to and so be it right so so that's how the whole ecosystem works on the doctor side now what happens is if akshay or vikar goes back again to the same doctor and you haven't used or i haven't used eka care on the patient side the doctor can still search for that phone number, that person and see what was the prescription that I have created last when he visited last, what was the diagnosis and so on and so forth. And that fundamentally saves a lot of time, especially for the doctors who see a lot of patients in a day. And there you don't have to ask questions that are like what happened last time and so on and so forth. And and your outcome can be far more driven with empirical data that you have collected last time Mm. Mm. okay
2: for patients who don't download the when a doctor hits send they get what an email or something like with the prescription you get sms whatsapp prescription okay 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 so uh, like do you also then have like a pharmacy integration that would make sense right
0: see again as i said uh, Akshay, we we see there are a couple of things that everyone asks me why you don't have right pharmacy why you don't have labs why you don't have doctor discovery Eka is not about providing insights the question that you ask i uploaded a medical report and i'll give insight Eka will not do that Eka is an information company for me i don't know how can i treat you i know this is you and that is very very important so if you look at it from that perspective i cannot tell you that hey you should visit an endocrinologist or so and so forth that is your doctor to tell and refer what i can show you is your thyroid is always up and borderline and what does thyroid mean right so that is where we come in and we tread this very carefully we are a technology company we are not a healthcare provider Hospitals are healthcare providers. Clinics are healthcare providers, right? We are a facilitator for a better outcome by leveraging the technology. And that is where we don't end up sending you a notification that go for a blood test or a B3 and then start monetizing it. Or I will give you a discount of 30% in these medicines and so on and so forth. That happens elsewhere. And that's why we don't have pharmacy or labs. The way It happens across the board. What would that look like when you work with your doctors? No, see, for example, if a doctors are prescribing medicine or a doctors are prescribing a lab, how can we facilitate a transaction there so that a doctor and patient are doing conversations and rather than patient going ahead and scouting for discounts? It's basically between the doctors that what would be the right kind of a test and where you should go. I'll give you another example of how it happens in the US. So US, when you create a prescription, doctor asks you which medical, which pharmacy you want to get your medicines from, right? And then doctor just presses a button and then the prescriptions get delivered there. And then there is a, a pharmacy next doors who will basically facilitate that transaction and so on and so forth. Which is a behavior that is a right behavior rather than saying okay, don't take this medicine, take another medicine which is a substitute and so on and so forth. It's it's a really
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. in, in uh, almost like fifty percent of prescriptions, I end up buying a substitute because the chemist doesn't stock what the doctor wrote. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you end up buying a different medicine, even in the lab test. Right? You go to the doctor with a specific lab test and then doctors would be like oh my god what is it right it's not what I have prescribed and so on and so forth see that the thing is this is so not transparent and so not sort of non-digitized if there is a tool that can come in to actually make this a journey that is transparent have doctors at the center of it and patients get the right kind of a benefit out of it Now the thing is my question to this industry is generally when you go to a doctor you pay him 400 500 rupees as a consultation fee right but when you go to a lab you basically pay them 1000 rupees for a cbc or an 800 rupees for an x-ray the cost of that x-ray is not even 10 rupees the cost of that cbc is not even 200 rupees right it's just a device where you have to put some chemicals or a camera that is kept in a dark place, right? It's, it's far more. And if, I, if we tell today that let's pay thousand rupees to the doctor as a consultation fee and pay less to the x-ray and the lab, right? The doctors will have a lower footfall, right? And that's why they create these clinics. Where they actually are able to leverage a lot of these revenue potentials and so and so forth by actually, and it's very hard. Look at it. The idea of a doctor is not to basically run a business, right? The idea is to provide for the best outcome for that patient and get the data collected from the various other sources. But in this industry, incentives are misaligned, and we don't want to enter into a, a situation where we
2: muddle. Yeah, you would be taking away the doctor's revenue if you start doing. Pharmacy and
0: diagnostics, it would eat away. See, in in plain simple terms, yes, we don't want to do it. Are there a better way of making sure that every party in the ecosystem is is within the realm of it's a win-win for all, right? So that's where uh, we would basically work in. And uh, we are very clear with that specific philosophy and thought process. Mm,
2: mm, mm. Amazing. Okay.
0: So your target audience for the doctor product
2: is just like clinics and like small practitioners. You don't want to do
0: something. Mm. Anyone, anyone, non-hospitals, nursing homes. We don't solve for beds. We don't solve for inpatients. We don't solve for uh, services where you need to do housekeeping and so on and so forth. We solve for outpatients, we solve for appointments. So that's where hmm. But how, so if the vision is to
2: have seamless exchange of medical records, how would you make that happen with when patients are going to hospitals? Like if I as a patient have all my history on Nika care and I'm going to a hospital, how would you enable that doctor to access? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'll 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 give you so two things that are happening in the ecosystem. One is when I mentioned that if a doctor has their own pharmacy, has their own clinic, lab, that it's seamlessly integrated, right? Because now the report is getting generated at the clinic itself and that adds a lot of value for doctor. That's why he would recommend and he should. That's why all the hospital recommends that go to my lab, which is uh, there itself. So that is solved to some extent when you are going to the same doctor, same hospital, and so on and so forth. But that doesn't happen, right? You go to a different doctor at times or a different hospital. So what is happening in the ecosystem is, I'm not sure if you have heard about this, which is called ABDM, Ayushman Bharat Digital Mission, which is coming up with a concept of health ID, where your medical records are linked to a health ID. When you go to a hospital you have to show your health id which is nothing but your name at the rate and dhm or tomorrow Eka and so on and so forth which is like a upi now all the records will get digitally associated and if you use Eka care as a phr app which is your personal health record app all this information get digitally assigned to you i'll give you a small experiment right if anybody i don't know if you have taken your booster dose or not Download ACA Care app, create your health ID, which you can do it. And we've created more than 2.7 million health IDs now. And you go to the Covin and you use the same phone number, same demographic information to get your booster dose. You will get your certificate onto ACA Care app digitally. You don't have to do anything for that. So that's the way the ecosystem is shaping up and we are a big uh, sort of we are giving a big push to that ecosystem along with government so that this entire medical record sharing stuff can can happen seamlessly
2: got it so you're like the google pay layer basically of upi you
0: hit the nail on the dot yeah so we would like to be the phr app which is equivalent to a phone pay or a google pay on the consumer side
2: are there other competitors in
0: this space yet like the the google pay layer? P- people have started doing it i think Paytm have started creating health ids they they do it so they are they are the, i think after us so we have created some 2.7 million health ids they have done some 250k health ids so they are decent when it comes to the numbers like you have beam that is abdm app or an abha app where well, that's like from, from an overall numbers perspective, they would be the top. I think we are the top in terms of the private players. And I'm sure there will be tons of more. I mean, there's an interoperable play. Like you can do a UPI on TrueCaller as well, and ICICI Bank app as well, and Google Pay, Pay, Beam also it's all about execution
2: how would the data flow in like so every time you go to a diagnostics lab you give them your id or they would ask for your id so that they can automatically like their systems would it would become mandatory for them to and like the government would make it mandatory that diagnostic labs have to upload this data to Abha ID or the...
0: See, mandatory is not the right word, Aksham. There was a news article that AIMS will go completely digital using the Abha rails from 1st of January 23. So, and I think like UPI, anything that has a clear value for both sides, be it a business or be it a consumer, that will take its own flight as soon as the whole platform is ready and it has got right kind of a transparent... Uh, understanding what
2: are the incentives for hospitals to go on to abundance? I mean uh, hospitals diagnostic labs these generate people who generate the data what are the incentives for them
0: to like customer demand or how will you give an outcome it's one is generate data now let's say you go to a hospital like manipal and you want to now get yourself treated for an ailment. You go to the doctor, doctor would want to see your records, right? How would he see the records? He will then again ask you for your ID. When you give the ID, as soon as you give the ID, you will get a consent on an care app that Manipal Hospital Whitefield is requesting for these last three documents of yours. And when you say approve, then the doctor will get that information digitally so that he can look at it and give you the right uh, uh, sort of outcome. So it's both ways, right? So any system that works both ways will definitely have its own flywheel working. The
2: uh, ABA uh, data includes prescriptions also or only diagnostics?
0: patient data. No, no, everything, including even discharge summaries to any kind of notes that uh, you want to share, advices. Wow. I mean,
2: is it like similar to like a team of volunteers like yourself who are building that? Like
0: it's a pretty fantastic and thought-through setup. iSpirit is Nandan Nilkani, I think. he's See, Abha, the paper was written, I think, Abha or the health ID or this blueprint of the entire health exchange was written like three, four years ago by iSpirit. And then, or, yeah, so a lot of volunteers again, uh, the way UBI has been built or Hoke and and all of that. So So this is basically that team. And then it got post-COVID, obviously, every single government started thinking a lot about health. And that is a fundamental difference that I see when we look at India versus China. India said that we are a platform nation. We will build platforms such as Aadhaar, such as UPI, and we will build Indian companies on top of it. While China said that I'll uh, wall the whole thing. So we are far more thoughtful, far, far more long-term sustainable in that sense. And uh, ABDM Abha is one such platform that I am super excited about. And I wish that uh, soon it will reach the same level of uh, adoption as Aadhaar and UPI. And that brings us to the
2: end of this conversation. I want to ask you for a favor now. Did you like listening to this show? I'd love to hear your feedback about it. Do you have your own startup ideas? I'd love to hear them. Do you have questions for any of the guests that you heard about in this show? I'd love to get your questions and pass them on to the guests. Write to me at ad at the dot in. That's ad at t-h-e-p-o-d-i-u-m dot in.